0: I love being from Jamaica. (laughs) There's this whole world of creativity that exists that I can claim. Yes. Because it's in, located from and infused by the history and creativity of the
1: people that my my parents, you know, belong to. Hi, I'm Chantelle Miller, proud Nivision and Jamaican and your host for the Island Girls Rock podcast. This is a series of conversations featuring women of the Caribbean and its diaspora. Equal parts fun, informative, thought-provoking, inspiring, and always engaging. Welcome to our tribe. On this episode of the Island Girls Rock podcast, we were graced with the presence of Lisa Anderson. Lisa is the founder of Black British Art, which is a platform which does what it says on the can. It promotes black British art and be that through curation of exhibitions. And Lisa spoke about some of the projects that she's working on and also educating the community on investing in art and the importance of doing so the importance of creating legacy really enjoyed this conversation, especially when Lisa spoke about the spiritual experience, which she had at the Calabash literary festival in Jamaica and discovering the Jamaican National Art Gallery. So tune in and listen up. Hey Lisa. Hey Chantal. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah, really, really pleased to be here. I'm very, very happy. Way. I'm happy that you're here because I know we attempted this before. Yes, we did last year when we were kind of doing just a few pilot runs of yeah. the podcast, mm-hmm. and you know, Lots technology of exactly. So it's a good thing. Yeah. The universe has its way of what do they call it? Divine timing. That's right. All right. Oh so gosh. welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the Island Girls Rock Podcast. Yay. <laughs> what island are you repping, Lisa?
0: Jamaica, Jamaica. <laughs> oh my gosh, it always comes out for
1: me. I know. Do you know what? I can tell you a quick story. Tell me a quick so story.
0: We're gonna talk about all my dimensions, of okay? But um, Earlier this week, I was working at, at an event that Tim Campbell, the lovely Tim Campbell. Yes. Is he still cute? Speaking, at. He's amazing. Okay, He gave a <laughs> phenomenal speech in front of an audience of CEOs mm. within the financial sector. Okay. And he was just really relatable and comfortable and he blew them away. Anyway. Yes. He shouted out, any Jamaicans in the house? Oh God, did and you? And I was the only Jamaican in the house <laughs> and I couldn't leave him hanging. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yo! You came up to me
1: enough. Yeah, you did appreciated
0: that that I didn't leave him hanging. Yeah.
1: Oh, well done, Jamaican. Well done for representing. It's it's no scene. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm Trini now. Goodness. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Where did that come from? Right, Lisa. So something that I always ask our guests: Who are you?
0: Ah. mm, Hmm. Hmm. This is an interesting question because it's. I've been thinking about this a lot. I am. The daughter of two amazing Jamaicans. Yes. um, First generation black British. Mm -hmm. I am a proud black British woman. And I am a lover of arts and culture. I'm also an advocate for progressive social change, for equality. I'm a human rights advocate. Yes, you are. And... I'm a supporter of people. I like to see people thrive. Okay. Yeah. You sound definitely. pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad so, I know you. You're starting to claim that, yes.
1: All right. So when you say you're black British, yeah, what does that mean? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That means
0: that um, I am the descendant of, African slaves, Mm -hmm. transported to the Caribbean, and then who immigrated, their descendants immigrated to this great nation, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Britain. And I have negotiated the society to find my place within it. So, you know, the question of my blackness Mm -hmm. and what that means is a political one. And it's something that I, I do, I have struggled with. Right. Um, what it means to be black is a political statement, really. Okay. Um, but it, it describes my relationship with the African diaspora, and points to my heritage mm-hmm.
1: and my culture and my values. And how has this definition of who you are oh. filtered in to your work? Ah, it's just
0: been an undeniable, unavoidable nexus of ideas, history, creativity. Yes, it's informed my worldview Mm. and what I want to have impact on in the world. So... I ended up studying international relations and nice. I feel that I studied that from a black British perspective. Okay. I wanted to, I've always been interested in my place in the world, how different communities relate to each other, how communities came into being not only at a kind of community level, but also internationally mm-hmm. Um so when I transported myself to Aberystwyth
1: University at the end of the line of Wales. <laughs> oh my um, goodness. Why? Why? Uh, Why uh, that particular university? Tell me. Like... I messed up my A-levels <laughs> and I get into LSE. What
0: happened? Ah, let's not go into that. Yes. That's a diversion. Uh... <laughs> um,
1: yes,
0: yeah, so I was headed to LSE and mm-hmm. then, anyway, I didn't get, right. the, get the grades. Okay. And um, had to go through clearing and mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the best international politics department and... I breast with the second to none. Okay, just happens to be back and beyond at the end of the line of Wales. that line from Houston, <laughs> uh, uh, no, from from Birmingham to Wales. When I transported myself there to look at international relations, as the only black girl in my course, you cannot avoid, you know, questions of identity mm. and belonging, and examining that through critical theory really. Had me starting to understand what it is to be Black British and, you know, the legacy of um, theorists such as Stuart Hall that, you know, had already started that investigation. Mm-hmm. My dissertation for my international relations uh, degree was about the legitima- legitimation crisis. Mm-hmm. It's a theory informed by um, Jurgen Habermas right. about how we question the legitimacy of our administration. And I did that in relation to the the so McPherson report, report. right? And how it, you know, I was questioning the legitimacy of how, you know, something like Stephen Lawrence's murder and the atrocious way in which the investigation was carried out could happen in this day and age. Mm. But this is that the, you know, the 90s was such a, Celebration of multiculturalism, and I feel that there was so much celebration happening, and yet there was this death. So the Macpherson report came about due to the outcry right. at the lack of uh, arrests following Stephen Lawrence's murder. the the You know, really disgusting way in which his investigation the investigation was carried out, um, and the injustice of it all. Looking at how things are today. We can see that there's a lot left to be done, Mm -hmm. and we're not necessarily in a better place, you know. After 9 11, I feel like the positivity of multiculturalism was really undermined through all this conversation about the negativity of, you know, segregated communities and um, it's us and them, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Islamophobia that followed from that, right, and right. I think there was a bit of a retran- retrenchment of yeah. all the positivity that had absolutely um, had built up, and my personal level of comfort about mm-hmm. being black and British was eroded. You, st- you start to see less um, black British creativity on TV, right? Um, and things slowly changed. So this is all while you're at university, well, or maybe no. just after. It when? Was, what just was the time frame? Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm saying. My black British identity mm. has definitely informed has been at the at the core of what I'm what I want to see happen in the world. Okay. Right. Um it informed my my kind of intellectual, my academic um inclinations mm-hmm. with my dissertation. Right. I then went on to study human rights yes. at Essex University. Um Essex University. Yeah, and I wanted to look Mm at, and I didn't. I wasn't successful in this. I wanted to look at how cultural capital—so our books, our art, our our performance, our our cultural expression—can be used as a resource for human rights. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, activism. You know how it can have us have those conversations. How it can empower communities using art. Okay, so art as cultural capital. Yes. Right. I couldn't find the. Um, the guidance there were no faculty this, members. Said? This is two thousand. Okay, to guide me in that in that academic pursuit,
1: mm.
0: I was coming from a black British perspective. Okay, ends up doing something a bit more international. So that's always been there, mm. and then I kind of turned away from that pursuit. So you turned away from the more creative, artistic, intellectual, academic it, thing, right? and um, ended up doing. A whole load of work with the voluntary sector and social yes, justice. Yes. I was actually around um, for the opening of um, the the GLA. Okay. And I worked with Lee Jasper mm-hmm. and under uh, um, Red Ken. Okay. Uh, it was a heady time, but
1: so, I'm but thing a but yeah.
0: Mm. I, um, I couldn't see a personal. I couldn't see a way to continue my passion for political, social progress as it related to Black British communities. Maybe I just wasn't confident enough. Okay. um, And I ended up veering away from it. Right. That's in my nine to five, but in my
1: outside mm-hmm. of my
0: work mm-hmm. i was supporting the development of the black british archives yes black cultural archives rather my good friend jacine is the the niece of the founder len garrison right and all my friends are involved in some kind of cultural mm-hmm. perspective a mm-hmm. uh, cultural activity creative activity whether they be dancers writers filmmakers mm. etc from a black british perspective and right. And also from kind of African diaspora, international perspective. Mm. So it's always been
1: there. So you were living that kind of life of duality. Definitely. nine to five to pay the bills. And then your purpose and your passion kind of on the side. All right. Yeah.
0: So it's so interesting now just telling you that things are just coming
1: into place. So... Mm. Explain, yeah, what the so if- things and how so, <laughs> and you know, tell me <sighs> what you're doing now. Yeah, what is your platform? I've built up a career nine
0: to five mm-hmm. um, in fundraising. Yes, um, yeah. After the work with the GLA, I ended up working in the voluntary sector, and after that little stint, I was working on an African women's rights mm. organization. After that, whilst I was doing that, I was, like I said, supporting the Black Cultural Archives and then met an amazing man who was setting up some financial institutions. He had worked for one of the major ones. He was a a director, very senior. He said, would you like to help me set these things up, these businesses up? And I said, yeah, I'll go for it. So I had a whirlwind experience of how to develop business, Mm -hmm. successful business in the city. Um, And then it came to an end when venture capitalists, chose to, to fund it and okay. that was at the end of my journey but I'd been shown these resources in the city how much money was available and at that point I had a I was at a crossroads did I want to pursue working in the city or did I want to go with my heart and see if I could combine my my understanding for social justice with my understanding of how to negotiate the, the business world right? right so you then you've, I went into
1: fundraising were you at a crossroads or what was happening yeah. there Lisa like, what were your choices? What decisions did you have to make at that point, or do you feel yeah, you had to make at that point?
0: Yeah, be, this is when I was in my mid to late twenties. Right, I, I definitely did feel kind of lost. What am I trying to do? And I just, you know, I was. Just, I've been a bit of a hippie when it comes to my
1: career. But <laughs> I'm really honest. Aren't we all? Okay, no, we're not. No, all we're actually. not. We're actually. not. We're not. No, we're I've not. I've never chased money.
0: Right. I've never chased status. I've always wanted to do things that. I felt we're going to make a difference or okay. be interesting, stimulating what would develop me. Mm. At that crossroads, at the end of that whirlwind experience of um, being forced into a biz- that business culture and having right. to step up my professionalism and um, work with some brilliant minds, I was thinking, well, it was, it was challenging mm. <laughs> as much as it was uh, edifying. Do I want to pursue that further or do I want to go back to social justice? Okay. And see if I can use the skills that I've acquired and the insight that I've acquired mm. to 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 add value. Okay. So that's when I got into fundraising. Okay. Right? And as much as it was as I have raised millions of pounds for mm. some amazing causes, it wasn't feeding my passion for culture. Okay. And 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 arts and and having an impact on on society through through that. Mm. And three years ago I did this amazing course called the Landmark Forum Uh and um, I realised that I'd made a decision when I was, just after I finished university that I couldn't be successful in pursuing my academic interests. Okay. Because they were so niche. Right. I know. Okay. uh, That it wasn't going to lead to anything sustainable career-wise. All Right. And so I decided, you know, I could see that was a decision I'd made and it wasn't an authentic decision. It didn't feel right for you. It's not, it's not right and it's not true.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: so, you know, we do, all the, we do these things in yes, life, we right? we We have to make decisions, then our, our life takes different routes. The space that I created when I allowed, forgave myself for making that choice and denying the <laughs> impulses that you I always You forgave had, yourself. Yeah. Okay. This is good. The idea of looking into and, and really immersing myself in the creative and cultural output of Black Britain... Mm-hmm. Just arose. Okay, I'd always been interested in in the the visual and performative mm-hmm. um, creative output of Black Britain. Mm-hmm. I remember at university, I had a picture of No Woman, No Cry, you know, Chris Avili's uh, yeah. famous piece yes. um, from 1998 that had him win the Turner uh, Prize on my wall. I had Sonia Boyce's um, Sonia. work, postcards mm. on my wall, surrounding myself with these images <laughs> to have me <laughs> you know survive about university. Work. Yes, um, And mm. so... You know, I um, and I had done lots of different blogs, artistic okay. blogs, um, over okay. the, the whilst I was working in fundraising. But I looked up Black British art hmm. as a domain name, and it was free and available. I thought, okay. well, you know what, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to take on this curatorial inquiry mm-hmm. and find out what work is emerging.
1: How much so did your Jamaican heritage kind of inform your hmm. artistic outlook? And appreciation. I love being from Jamaica.
0: <laughs> uh, thankfully, you know, I was lucky enough to visit Jamaica throughout my childhood. Mm-hmm. I remember these. Uh, you know, when you are in primary school and you get to write, pro- you get to write and present these projects of your summer holidays. Yes, I remember. I still have this book about my trip to Jamaica with the pictures from my grandmother's amazing garden and the food we ate and mm. how we bathed and. Um, All the cousins that I met, I was extremely proud and inspired, and kind of just mesmerized Mm -hmm. by this other place that my parents called home, Mm -hmm. that informed the food we ate and how their voices would would how they how they sounded. You know, the words they used, the phrases, and as a Jamaican, my imagination, and as a Jamaican, the reality, and both have inspired and informed the way I present myself and the way I identify, yeah, okay. myself. Um, as regards to visual arts, when I, um, in 2006, I took a really memorable trip to Jamaica with my friend Kelly mm-hmm. and we went to Calabash. Oh, yes.
1: Uh, and Calabash. Let's let's just mind. let's break down what Calabash is, right? Yeah, you tell you. Oh wow. yeah, yeah. You can say what Calabash oh, is. Oh man, Calabash is one of the most amazing literary festivals not just in the Caribbean, yeah. but on a global scale. Yeah. It brings together writers, I mean authors, poets, anyone who is connected yeah. to the written word and expressing themselves through the written word. Yeah. Um, is there at Calabash doing workshops, amazing readings. You you know, you're walking around with some of your favourite authors of Caribbean heritage, as well as throughout the diaspora. It's a coming together of literacy, creativity, music, because there is music as well, and it's all on a beach. Treasure Island. So gorgeous. It's, yeah, otherworldly. So I I, I
0: come to this festival and I just feel at home mm. and so nourished by because it, it brings together all creatives it does you know you have musicians sat next to poets sitting next to um, filmmakers mm. and um, musicians and, and and visual artists and it was a, it was like a spiritual experience mine too my I first like, visit to Calabash oh. it was Definitely. There's this whole world of creativity that exists that I have. I can have a, I can claim. Yes. In part, because it's in located from and infused by the history and, and, and creativity of, you know, the people that my, my parents, Mm. you know, belong to.
1: Very much a spiritual experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, so I went to Calabash that blew me away and then I visited the National Gallery of Jamaica for the very first time and it was almost by mistake wow I just happened to be in downtown and just I just looked up and saw my cousins were just taking me around Kingston and I walked in and I had <laughs> an out of body experience because so yeah. I was like I did not know that I had this heritage mm. of world class art yep that reflected me and my people
1: in a way I'd never seen before. Okay. And what was that? What way?
0: Well, just in the same way that you see in the National Gallery. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: Contemporary art.
0: Yeah. Modern art, beautiful sculpture, amazing painting. Um, Never forget seeing Barrington Watson's work. It's my favorite piece. You know, those three beautiful women Mm. just reminded me of my, my, my grandmother and the country. And, it was a it was a realization that there is more indeed to what i had been to what i had been exposed to so i don't come from a household where uh we went to art galleries and museums
1: mm-hmm.
0: i just had a natural inherent yearning for that it's okay. always been there okay and so whenever i encountered it it was always magical for me because i would lose myself in those images and imagine what is happening here, what mm. does it mean, how do these people feel, it would be transportive for me. Okay. So you come back from this trip to
1: Jamaica. Come
0: back from this trip to Jamaica right? and I'm thinking, there's a whole world of, of creativity out there and I need to know more. Mm. And it does set me on a path to um, researching that more. Okay, And also what's around me. Mm. A few years later, I went to New York and had a similar Um, experience when I went to the Studio Museum of Harlem Harlem. and saw all this amazing work being produced by now people of my own age. And I remember learning about Thelma Golden and her series of um, exhibitions that she had done. Um, And I was also staying with other artists. Can we
1: just mention Mm -hmm. that her heritage She's it's also Barbadian. Caribbean. Yes, of yeah, course. she's an island girl. She's yeah, amazing and a proud New Yorker, Ver- a Harlemite very as well. Much so very mm. much so.
0: So they've all. There's been these pinpoints mm. in time: the Jamaica trip, New York, and then I think I can't remember when I first discovered about the Black Art movement of okay. 1980s in Black Britain. Right. Um, I think it was around early 2000s, and so this is, I guess, those are the influences. Mm. Very international, very diasporic, that in, that informs what I think is important, work that's important for how we see ourselves and know ourselves, but also how we can empower our communities given the okay. inequalities that persist. Of
1: course. So what did you do, Lisa? Ugh, anyway. That's what yeah, we want to know. Come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> in 2015, going around the houses. Sorry, <laughs> 2015. I launched uh, Black
0: British I bought tell it us? for ten pounds. Ten
1: pounds. Yeah. Wow. Just like that. Yeah. Just I can't like even that. believe it was still available.
0: That well, no one know,
1: else had secured that domain name.
0: It's interesting because you know, and since
1: then, mm.
0: there's just been a huge. A, just a blossoming of attention
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the question of Black British art and what it is. Right. You know, because it's not one thing. Okay. But it's a place to look from. That's okay. what I like to say. Because I am very sensitive to the implications of labeling and naming something as Black British art. doesn't give it space to breathe and be whatever it, it wants to be. Right. But I use it as a place to examine. What is being produced? Okay, not what that thing is. Okay, right. Because I, I think my interest in art is as much as what's being represented, like what is on um, the canvas or what is in the picture,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as much as who is producing it and why they're producing it and what they're trying to say and what they're right. trying to communicate, their positioning. Yeah, you know. Right. And if to 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 get access to that. You need to have a label of sorts or a tag of sorts to be able to, to see that breadth of, 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 and diversity of creativity. Okay. Without that, I'm reduced to having to guess. From pe- from artists' names, whether they're black or not, this is what I was doing to find out who which, which artists are black or whether they're Jamaican. Like right. going through, going online, seeing exhibitions, looking at the names, and going mm, that sounds like a black person. Let me t- look into okay. that. Let me see if I can my picture. Okay. You know, I'm interested in, in the in the creative okay. output of black people, so and what? I'm
1: unashamed in that, and oh, particularly good. black British people.
0: All right, and it's not documented
1: enough. So, what do you feel? The purpose of your platform is if I, for instance, like, you know, say I just landed in Mm, London and I want to find out where are all the exhibitions by black artists? You know, where can I find that information? Would I then go to to black British art? What would I do? In
0: time, I hope it will do Mm. that. In time, I hope it will be a document of great work and Mm. um, critical perspectives on work produced from the African diaspora in Mm. the UK. Mm -hmm. That's what I hope the platform will be. And through that, you'll be able to see the kind of um, galleries that are showing these artists kind of shows that have been produced um, and who these artists are and, and different perspectives on, 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 on their practice. I just want there to be a document and a legacy okay. for what's being produced this is and for it to be included in the, in the wider conversation about good. contemporary art in the world. You use the
1: word legacy, yes, Lisa. because
0: listen, it's that, about education. Tell us,
1: because, as a community, just from my perspective, obviously I'm not a curator. Well, I don't see myself as such. Mm. Um, I look to you guys. I look to you. Legacy and art, yeah, and the legacy of the Caribbean experience through art and yeah. through creativity. How how do I, as a consumer, ensure that I am investing? in in legacy through that. You know, what how how do we get guidance on that? How do we know? You know, I mean I know what I like. That is why I'm like, developing this platform. Yeah. It
0: is to in it is to empower mm. and inform consumers who have an interest in this work, who okay. have an interest in great art. Right. But specifically specifically those who have a interest in in black British art or mm-hmm. in African diaspora work. We
1: need to invest in it. Tell us how. We need to support. Well. I don't know how. We need I know to. what I like. Like I'll see something and I'll say, oh. You need to take
0: an active interest. You know, right. how do you
1: support anything? Mm. You take an
0: active interest in it. You educate yourself about it. Mm-hmm. You attend events. You buy the books. Mm-hmm. You buy the art. Right. And you talk about it. Right. So I see my role as, as a curator mm-hmm. um, as bringing attention to... Important work, different artistic practices, connecting audiences with this work. Twenty years down the line, I, I, what would I have hoped to achieve? Mm. You know, a generation that is informed, beautiful, and and feels. Yeah, I know. I can name ten artists from um, the UK who've done amazing work, Mm -hmm. who just don't happen to be white. Who happen to have um, have heritage from the African diaspora, right. whether that's from directly from a, a nation within Africa or, you know, one of the Caribbean islands, and I want those people to be from everywhere, not just Black people. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has that interest, who has that interest, right? Exactly. Not everybody loves art. Yeah. I know that. But if you love art, I would I would love for you to be aware of that the amazing uh, um, quality of work being produced from the African diaspora okay. in the UK and last year was an unprecedented year for, for that. Thank you
1: for Yes it was. Huge. Right. Huge, huge you know so Name many important drop. things. drop. Give, give us some names okay. of some exhibitions so, that you attended last year that you feel really well, impacted on the story of last summer. Wow. Well, it's not mm. even summer. It's just like. The whole year. So
0: the year started <laughs> right.
1: with um,
0: a great show at the new art exchange in Nottingham called Untitled, which mm. featured a number of emerging artists from the African diaspora in the UK, such as um, Larry Achampong, Junior Boachi Yedom, uh, Beverly Bennett, mm. um, Barbara Walker. Yes. Uh, go on and on. Okay. So we
1: have that Should we be taking notes? You should be I feel notes. like I feel like we should be taking notes on these names of these artists You should be taking notes of these right. artists
0: But I want to name somebody who, you know, I've dropped already But who's mm. been in the game for a long time And mm. she's not emerging
1: No so She's just phenomenal Barbara Walker Yes, yes, yes so tell us about Barbara, because I love her.
0: Well, I don't know Barbara's heritage that uh, well, so
1: I, can't, I won't go into it, but I'm, I'm just going to point you towards her. I want to feel, I'm sorry if this is incorrect, but I feel like there's some Bayesian in there, but yeah, but um, I'm going to step back from that.
0: Do you know what? I just want people to experience discovering
1: these artists for themselves. I can love art for all it's worth, yeah. but Lisa, seriously, you know, I want to create that legacy, you know what but you how, do? Do, how do we do that? Well,
0: like you, you need to. Well, it depends. If you want to, like investing is a serious business. Art investing, exactly, is a serious business. For some people <laughs> do it for the fact that you can make money. Mm. It is a very powerful way to invest in cultural capital, but it's also a very powerful way to to grow your, to develop your own wealth. Mm. Some of the wealthiest people have have, have um, collections of art, so. You can choose work strategically for, you know, what's been written about it, who else has collected it and, you know, the, um, the sense of it definitely growing in value over time. Or you can approach it to invest in art for, you know, its personal resonance to you and and your connection to the work or the artist. You can approach it either way. And I suggest for anybody who is passionate about art to invest in, in art that you you love.
1: Right. Okay.
0: You can buy art for any budget.
1: Okay. Right. You know,
0: you can buy prints, which mm. are much more affordable. Mm. Um, good quality prints, I'd say up to £100. You know, most people can afford that. Right. And it definitely goes up from there. But if you want to invest in, um, say, a good painting an artist you really love an original piece of work you're looking at at least for emerging artists the low hundreds mm-hmm. and then it
1: goes and it goes crazy cool. right all right then yeah so for me lisa you can also come to me for that advice as yes well. exactly that's um, what i needed yeah. to know where do we go because this is the thing i yes. feel that there's an aspect <laughs> there's an aspect of the art world where as a caribbean community we are not as Informed of, yes, and so for me, it's about finding that platform which I feel is Black British art. Yeah, um, and then I have and that, that person mm. and a person who can say to you, "Well, Shani, I know you love this piece, but in terms of you know the artist's body of work and so forth, perhaps this is not what you should be investing. You know, maybe I won the lotto Who knows? Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. things can happen. Oh, yeah." <laughs> Maybe this is not who you should be investing in at that time. So, you know, can we look to you in terms of your consultancy side of your work for that? Yes, you can. Okay. (laughs) Clear answer. Yes, we can. Come to me for advice. For me, I think, you know, at the core of it, Lisa, you know, I love what you're doing and where it's going and how it's growing. Yeah. What do you see your purpose as being
0: oh boy you can drop
1: it with yes. question and then we can let everyone know where they can find you and keep up with you know the growth you know what? of your projects I see my mission
0: as it's a global one mm-hmm. you know outside of my passion for blackness right uh, let's put it out there yes. <laughs> I love being <laughs> black
1: unapologetically yeah. black and, and my okay. prospects from
0: black petitioners I want people us to know each other as a community mm-hmm. people to know each other as part of a community, us to relate to each other more powerfully, us to be more connected. That is my purpose. You know, I have aspirations to study more about this this focus that I have. You know, I want to do a PhD. Yes. You know, I girl, want to develop okay. this advisory. <laughs> you know, I want to develop Black British art. Yes. That's where I see myself going. So it's planted in this world. That's it.
1: I quite like that. Yep. And we're rooting for you, as I said. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So where can we find you? Where can we find you on Twitter, yes. Instagram, yes. Facebook, so website?
0: It's at Black British Art mm-hmm. for Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's for the posting on Black British Art okay. Issues. And for me and my broader curatorial interests, you know, like I grew up dancing. I yeah, love performance. it's funny how
1: you're just again sorry talking about your dancing. I've done a lot, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. There's different strings to it, to okay. my bow. Um, for
0: all those interests, you can come to at Lisa Anderson
1: AA. All right, and are there Instagram. any? Are there any projects that you're working on that you can just Ooh, give us a little exclusive? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, so,
0: wow.
1: Mm. I am working with an artist mm-hmm. um,
0: called Marcia Michaels. Marcia Michaels? Yeah. That sounds like. Yeah, okay. How
1: did I not mention her? Oh <laughs> my
0: goodness. Like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm working with her. What's her heritage, you know? Jamia
0: Khan, We're man. Not- sorry. We just want to say it. Say it. <laughs> Uh, her work is phenomenal. Check it out, guys. Really, Marcia really cool. Michaels. Marcia Michaels, I'm working with her. Okay. So we're hoping to produce a show. And for when? Listen, man, just for you. <laughs> soon come? Um, yes, yeah, soon, soon come. <laughs> soon come, within, within the year. Within the year. Yeah. Okay, within Lisa. the year from now.
1: Well, I am looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And also some stuff with the Black British Female Artist Collective.
0: Yes. And then maybe a couple other artists. Okay, so (laughs) we're just keeping on the low for now. We
1: really, really have to (laughs) kind of keep track of you. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for coming in and spending this time with us. It's been amazing, which I pretty much expected. And good luck with everything. We're here for you. Thank you. The IDR crew is here for you. And I'm you. so
0: here for you. Whether I you know <laughs> I'm on the team or not, I am an Island Girls Rock. We team know. member.
1: We know this. Extended. Listen, family. we have a huge extended family. <laughs> <laughs> very proud. Thank you, girl. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to the Island Girls Rock Podcast. If you like what you hear, and we really hope you do, please subscribe, rate, or even comment. We'd really love to hear from you. You can catch every episode of Island Girls Rock Podcast on Acast, Apple, CastBox, or your favourite podcast app. You can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram using IGR underscore love or with hashtag Island Girls Rock Pod. You can also visit islandgirlsrock.com to find out more about who we are and what we do. This podcast was produced by Unedited for the Unedited Stories Network. See you again soon.